Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Well, good evening, everybody. Just getting set up here. Let me make sure we've got uh, MixLR rolling. Yes. Blog Talk. Twitch and Facebook. YouTube's down. I've got to reset that. We'll go ahead and get started. We're going to have a great marathon for you tonight. Coming up first, we're going to have Dr. Daniel Daves and also Ralph Poopart. If you're here for the first time, welcome aboard. To the marathon. Okay, let me go ahead and get these gentlemen on. Then later, Lena Adamaleche and the Youngs. Here we go. We're dialing. Stand by. All right, praise the Lord. Let's do a sound check. Dr. Daves. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How's my audio coming through for you? Well, you sound like you're in the same room with me. All right. Awesome. Brother Ralph Poupart, do we have you on? Oh, not yet. We're dialing him. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're just getting set up here for our Saturday night, August 13, 2022 show. And we've got a really exciting lineup for you tonight. We're honored to have Dr. Daniel Daves of Global Food Providers in the studio. And we're going to have Brother Ralph Poupart from Canada. Uh, Brother Daniel, are you in uh, Panama at this moment? Where are you located at, if I might ask? I am. We are, yes, located in the Cherokee province of Panama, about an hour and a half from the Costa Rica border in the in the food-growing province. I know it well. I think I may have told you that uh, from 2005 to 2007, I lived over in Paitia, Panama. and uh, Yes. It's a beautiful place. I would have stayed there. I had no plan to move from Panama. I loved it. But... The condo that I was renting right down uh, in front of, I guess it was called Multi-Central, the mall, and uh, sure. the Radisson, uh, I was leasing from the government, and they said, uh, well, the drug lord who owned this, he's out of jail, <laughs> and he wants it back. <laughs> so <laughs> See you later. <laughs> they had seized it from some narco traficante, and uh, he got out, and he got his place back, and I thought, what are we going to do now? And, the door opened up. We went back to Costa Rica for a while, but that's another story. Um, now we're in Bali, Indonesia, and this is the longest I've been in any place overseas, but praise the Lord. He knows all wow. about it. Well, Brother Ralph, how are that's you doing right. tonight? I'm doing good, my friend. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. You're coming through great. Good. Ralph. We had uh, a few little technical glitches getting going here, but we're good. Hey, don't worry. This is actually a miracle to get us all together in different parts of the world. Hey, um, I don't want to butcher your last name. Do you pronounce it Poupart? 
Well, you can pronounce it poupart, or if you want to be a real French, you can roll the R and say poupara. <laughs> well, not <laughs> keep it simple. French, keep it so simple. I, okay. Yeah, no I'd rather you, I'd rather you not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome aboard. Okay, we've got all systems go. Again, we're excited to be here tonight with Dr. Daniel Daves of Global Food Providers and Ralph Poupart, who made this interview possible. And uh, gentlemen, um, pleased to be with you again. Hope you're doing well tonight. I know we got a lot to talk about, so we'll just dive in. Would one of you gentlemen like to open us up in prayer? Absolutely. Ralph. Heavenly Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that the technology works. We thank you that those who are supposed to be on this call and those who are supposed to hear this message afterwards will hear and have ears to hear. In other words, understand what it is that they're hearing. Let us kind of shift over into the Holy Ghost, have our spirits step forward and our souls step back, and let us minister just exactly what you want to minister to people who need it in Jesus' name. Now, gentlemen, we'll just be doing audio for this broadcast only. Although I can see oh, you, gentlemen, you're looking sharp, by the way. Um, but since our last program, I did get technology called StreamYard. A lot of people have been using it. I've finally got it working on my end. So the next time we do a show, let's do video if you'd like to. And, um, sure, we can do that. Excellent. It will, it will means be really I get, good. You means like I have to get my green then. screen. Dan, it means I have to get my green screen fixed. <laughs> yeah. Take the kinks out of it, right? Hey, there's so many new options to stream. It, it, it's called... What did you call that? It was something stream. The green screen. Yeah, breaking up a bit. There. Uh, oh, what excuse was me. the name um, of it? You... It's called Streamyard. 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 Yes. Okay. Sir. Super. I'm always looking for something as well to connect in. Like, okay. Now for this stream Excellent. tonight, uh, to save your bandwidth, y'all can turn video off on the bottom of Skype. Just click that, and we'll just go straight audio for you. That way, we won't have any buffering. Yeah, just did. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Perfect. Um, folks, welcome again. And gentlemen, I'm going to give the mic to you. Where do you all want to go tonight? So let's do this. Um, Shannon, Dan and I have kind of compared a few notes. And Dan, if you don't mind, um, I'm going to kind of kick over a little bit to interview style for a bit and then just let you run if that's all right with you. Let's Sounds go. good to me. Go for okay. it. Okay. So first of all, um, Dan, what I'd like you to talk about in – it's no holds barred, and I'll tell you the reason why. For those who are listening, for those who are going to be listening afterwards, if you have not heard what we're going to talk about, please, please, please pay very strict attention because what Dan is going to talk about is coming to your neighborhood a whole lot sooner than you think. And Dan, remind me, Shannon, remind me if I forget to talk to you about Walmart. There was a development today that's not anywhere, and I just... Anyway, remind me to talk about Walmart as it pertains to us here. So, Dan, t talk a little bit, if you don't mind, and because we'll get into solutions and stuff shortly, but talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about what transpired leading up to uh, just after the lockdown portion uh, and, and kind of morph over into uh, the strikes and the protests and stuff. And I'll say this before you start. Shannon, Dan sent me video footage that's nowhere to be found it come off of people's cell phones of the riots that were happening in panama and i kid you not this stuff was so disturbing i didn't show it to my wife i said i, just, I can't i just can't she can't see this it's it was that bad so dan would you talk a little bit about what led up to that you know <clears throat> food stores lockdown the gas all that good stuff 
and and then talk a little bit maybe about the riots and then where we are now because sure. also Shannon I'll bring you up to speed Dan sent me something he's going to tell you a little bit about the food shortage issue and what the government's doing in terms of price fixing but then he's going to tell you about what developed today with the pharmaceutical companies and then I'm going to get into the Walmart story so it's yours buddy go for it well let me uh, uh, set this all up uh, folks my name is Dr. Daniel Davis. I'm with Global Food Providers, and we are based in Chiriqui, Panama. Um, our long-term mission and goal here is to grow superfood super fast to help feed widows and orphans and the extremely malnourished and to teach others to do the same thing around the world. It's not rocket science. It's just a little uh, elbow grease and hard work, and you can feed a community in crisis. We've learned it, we, we've, and now we teach it. And uh, that is why we are in Panama. We've been constructing a farm and dehydration center here for seven years, and it is moving, rocking, and rolling. Well, uh, just so happens that Panama was uh, one of the top nations in the news over the last 45 days because um, our crazy U.S. dollar inflation, which Panama is connected to, the inflation has priced Panamanians out of their ability to live in their country. And so, um, unfortunately, when you live in somewhat of a socialist type of society and government system, you become very dependent and you, you look to government for all of your needs rather than buckling down and, and getting it done. And so uh, the Panamanians priced out of their own homes, priced out of their own medicines and, and um, their own uh, food, capacity to buy food, they began to revolt. And we have one major highway running through the entire nation of Panama and in multiple locations, multiple groups of people locked that highway down. No food going uh, anywhere, no gasoline, no natural gas, no medicine, nothing moving. So the country went into COVID lockdown part two. This wasn't COVID. This was just angry people saying to the government, you're not listening to us, and we demand action. So... Uh, in that 30-day period, uh, four groups uh, uh, assembled and probably even more. Uh, we had um, uh, uh, teachers, a teacher's union. They had not been paid in months, and they said, no more, we're not teaching anymore until you start forking over the paychecks. Uh, government had not, had not uh, paid. Nurses and doctors began to join the protest. Taxi cab, buses, they have been priced with gasoline, fuel. You know, they can afford $325 a gallon, but they can't afford $550 to 6 bucks. Where this all went to, they found themselves all working for free or actually paying to work. So taxi cabs, buses, everyone began to protest. And uh, when they locked this thing down, farmers couldn't move. Business had to close. There were no cabs. There were no buses. No one could get to work. 90% of Panama is on the bus system, so no one could get to work. Businesses had to close. Many of them closed permanently, and after about 30 days where there was no fuel, gas stations shuttered, uh, our farm, we knew this day was coming, so we had 30 days worth of gas, but by the time we put Let our last tank in— I'm sorry? 
I say we might have dropped For, this call. Uh, no, you're still live. You're fine. Yeah, but Dan, yeah. Not okay. So, so, so uh, we're out of fuel. Everyone's out of fuel. There's nothing moving. Finally, the government stepped in, and uh, this is a very, very left-leaning government. And um, I've always heard government is a necessary evil. You got to have it, but you really got to keep it in check. And when you start depending on government, you're toast. You're in you're in deep trouble because they're not going to provide for you. It's not their job. It's not their heart or intent. And so, uh, so the government came in and said, "Okay, we're going to take care of you here. Clear the roads." And what they did was they began to price fix so many things. Uh, first of all, they price fixed 172 medicines and said we're knocking it down by 30 percent, and 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 that's the way it is. And we're taking 72 basic food items and we're locking them in at a lower price. They also took the 550, 575 gas, took it down to 325 a gallon, and and everyone is happy. And now we've all got fuel. That's we've got the cheapest fuel in the world. We've got cheap food. We got cheap medicine. The problem is, it's not reality. And uh, the food now, the the producers are not going to produce the food and sell it for that low price. They're not going to pay to farm or pay to import and be a grocery store. And so these 72 wonderful low-priced items are going to go away. The fuel that's cheap, someone will end up paying for that fuel. Who? The people will end up paying for that fuel. And then here comes the kind of the wild card, and that is the medicine, the 172 different kinds of medicine that have been price fixed 30% lower. We just got the story today from um, the, um, uh, the um, it's called Up to Date Panama, and um, I'm sorry, this story is from the newsroom Panama. 450 pharmacy owners have just stepped up and said, we're preparing to close our doors permanently because we will not pay you to take the medicine away. This is, uh, we were never uh, consulted. No one asked us, there's an entire union of pharmacies, no one from the government came to us and asked us what we thought about a 30% reduction, plus senior citizens get another 25%. So uh, they were basically saying, we're going to have to pay you to take these medicines away and we're not going to do it. So prepare to lose your pharmacies in Panama. And they have said if the government does not respond by Monday, that's in the next couple of days, um, they're going to shut their doors. They're not opening up. They're not selling any more drugs. So these government cures, which are not cures, um, and really, unfortunately, unfortunately, the government never even consulted these guys. Well, they must not have thought they needed to. They just put an executive decree. We're the king. Here's the decree. You guys are going to work for less. And that's kind of the construct of socialism, which is communism in slow motion. So we are in the eye of the hurricane in Panama right now, but the second half of the hurricane is about to come. And that's where all of the government promises fail, as they always do when they begin price fixing. And then we have mayhem 
on our hands and very possibly a government that has no more answers. The first answers were false and not sustainable. The second answer is very possibly force, the use of force. So that's where Panama is right now. Sri Lanka just fell under the same thing. So many nations through Latin America are very socialist leaning and are in deep trouble. Many are rioting and revolting right now. Um, and these problems are coming to a community near you. If you're listening in English, it's coming your way. It's coming around the world as, I sure hate to use the world, uh, the words, but the, a great reset is coming. God help us that the reset brings liberty and freedom and not tyranny, slavery, and communism on steroids. Ralph? Dan? Let me jump in for one sec. Talk about the rice shortage and talk about the potatoes that were supposed to replace the rice shortage because the public doesn't know. The Panamanians don't okay. know what you're about to say. And this is a clear indication, folks, of where this is all going. Yes, thanks, Ralph, for reminding me. So what we, um, what we have to understand is that um, there, are, there is a perfect storm coming to your community. We don't know which five waves are going to set up simultaneously and tip the boat. We don't know, but we know that the perfect storm is coming and the swamping, and some of it deliberate swamping is taking place to bring down economies and to, to make a great reset change. So Panama... Um, we had no idea which five waves were coming our way, but here's what, what we found out. Uh, a couple of months ago, this was before the, uh, before the lockdowns or the shutdowns and the protests, the price of fertilizer in this country went up 300 400%. Farmers can't farm anymore. And we're finding that there's there's a lack of fertilizer. There's a lot of fertilizer that is no longer available. Farmers are in deep trouble. Now, Panama imports 70% of its food that it consumes. Only 30% is grown here. We could grow it all, and we could grow enough food for you, too, wherever you live. But we don't because of socialist price fixing and policies and, and, um, and no help for the farmers. So... Um, so the farmers are in deep trouble. We find out uh, one day there's no rice in our area. The, the stores are out and everyone's looking at each other saying, well, what's going on? Now, Panama is a nation. The, the main diet in Panama, we call it arroz con arroz, rice with rice. That's the first and second food that Panamanians eat. And so highly dependent on rice. All of a sudden, there's no rice. What's going on? Uh, 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 so the government steps up, hires a company and says, audit every grain of rice in the country and tell us what's going on. The company comes back and says, here's the deal. You've got no more rice as of September 1st, 2022. That's it. There's no rice coming in. With the rice being produced and created here, it's not enough to feed the people. And we're out of rice September 1st. Well, the producers and the farmers and the government start fighting. This is one of their waves of famine that has, seems to be coming. They're fighting. The government's saying, we need to import. And the producers are saying, we need to import some rice. And the farmers are saying, you need to produce, you need to, to uh, sell what we're giving you. 
which is very high dollar rice, and the Panamanians can't afford it. They need the lower secondary off-scouring rice. And so it basically a five-pound bag for two bucks versus a five-pound bag for three fifty. And so there's a skirmish going on. Finally, they all committed, okay, let's bring in enough rice. And by the way, there's not much rice around the world right now for sale. India's pulled back. They were 40% of the world's rice production. And they've pulled back just trying to feed their own nation. Other nations are pulling back. The dynamics and landscape of import-export foods are changing right under our noses right now. So Panama's looking for rice. Well, they decided let's get a load in. They brought a shipload of rice in, and it will last us till September 1st. And then no more rice guaranteed. Panamanians think about many times about a week out you know, or five days out. So they'll be figuring this out about September 1, that there's no more rice. And this is a real problem. In a land that we could grow enough food for the world, we could end up very, very hungry. During that 30-day lockdown I told you about, nothing in, nothing out. You know what happened? The farmers could not get their produce to Panama City. They couldn't get their produce anywhere to sell it, and so they started shutting their farms down. And during that 30-day process, we lost over 10,000 farm workers who were permanently unemployed because the farmers didn't have farms didn't have the the um, uh, uh, cash flow to keep the farmers paid. So they have shut their farms down. Now, if you don't have rice, what's your secondary food? What do you go to? What's the go-to? Plan B. Here's plan B. It's called potatoes. So if you don't have rice, well, we don't like potatoes as much, but we'll go to potatoes. We'll start eating potatoes. Do you know what farms just shut down in Panama? The potato farms. The government has just said, don't look for any more potatoes in November and December because the farms are shut down. They're not planting. So now all of a sudden plan A is gone, plan B is gone. So we can start scrapping and go to plan C. We're going to have to start digging for roots and looking for things for the indigenous and the people to eat. But we're in deep trouble here. And we had no idea, always looking for what would those waves be. Well, the protest destroyed the potatoes. The rice export from India and other nations has has hindered uh, and is hindering Panama's rice uh, input. The weather patterns here are causing rice problems. Uh, so, so we have problems everywhere in this country, and they're hitting us all of a sudden. I'm telling you, three months ago, we were warning people, uh, lock down, buckle down, get ready, because this year, uh, and the stats say, all the, the even the World Organization say, that up to eight 100 million people will starve in 2022. We're sitting here in May going, there's no way. 800 million people, that's 10% of the world's population. But when the perfect storm hits, you're about 30 days away from starting to starve. And we have the perfect storms hitting, not just in Panama, but coming again to a community near you and coming all over the world in different ways. I don't know your five waves, but you got to take a look and find where those waves are and prepare yourself. Ralph? So where 
our Canadian situation hasn't really started to manifest yet, but here's the reality of it. Um, we've had weather anomalies, and we won't get into the hows and the whiz, because, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter how it's happened. The bottom line is it's happened. That's the punchline at this stage of the game. So we've got massive food shortages coming. I've talked to people in the farming industry here. They're struggling. We've talked to people in the fishing industry. They're struggling because of the fuel costs. We've talked to people in the cattle industry. They're struggling. It's exactly the same situation, only not quite as extreme. Uh, I got a bit of an echo there, Dan. I'm not sure who's echoing you or me. Somebody may be in, uh, in your background, gentlemen, listening to the program. And you're just getting a little bit of loop back. Nominate. Folks, we're in line okay, with Dr. Daniel Daves and Ralph Pupart. Everybody needs to be listening to this program right now. God have mercy, this is serious. Folks, are you yeah, hearing yeah. what is happening? Huh? Just a few hours by plane from our borders in America. And let me, uh, didn't mean to interrupt you, Ralph, but let me insert one thing and then I want you to run with it. And that is, I'm here in Indonesia. And Indonesia is known for palm oil exports. They also produce a lot of rice. And recently, because of the exports going on, the price of palm oil shot up, which everybody uses to cook with here, to double. Now, when you talk about a nation where your average monthly salary may be $100 and you're paying double for something you've got to have every day to cook, people are in protest got so bad that the president suspended all palm oil exports until they could get things fixed. Well, I was surprised. Within about a month, they turned back on the export. But I don't know that the problem was fixed. But we have seen an increase in the price of oil. And uh, food shortages are hitting people hard around the world. I had heard that India had stopped uh, uh, many of its exports. And folks, what are you going to use right. to replace this? Uh, you mentioned Sri Lanka in upheaval. I haven't heard much about Panama on the news, and I think this is by design. I'm so thankful to get a on-the-ground report because, like you said, they've got days left now. And uh, I'm remembering very well on our last program, uh, Daniel and Ralph, what the Lord had spoken to you, Daniel. He said, learn to grow food at the root. Now I know why he said that, because God saw what was coming and was trying to give us a heads up. And folks, many people still have not listened and are not ready for what is coming. You say, well, this is Panama or Sri Lanka or other part of the world or India. It's going to be America very soon. Um, also, I wanted to throw into the mix tonight, uh, some people may not realize, but the Philippines just had an election, and lo and behold, you know who won? The son of former dictator Marcos. He's back in power. Colombia, I heard, just had a okay. um, overturn. They've got a former member of the FARC who has taken over as Colombian president, if I'm correct on that. Of course, Daniel Ortega has been running Nicaragua for about 10 years. Former communist, I think he still is. And there's talk now that even the Brazilian Trump, which has been a good president over there, he's about ready to lose for a fascist. There's a whole changeover going on in the political realm as well in these countries. It's not going to be good for these countries because we're talking fascism and communism. This is like the perfect storm. Ralph, back to you. Sorry about that. No, don't be sorry at all because there's this helps to fill in some of the, the pieces to the puzzle because this is a global 
situation and in Canada the folks like we're in the middle of August okay our growing season's just about done here like we start doing harvest whatever that looks like uh, over I mean some of the fruits have already been harvested now depending on what sort of the country you're in but the bottom line is coming somewhere in the vicinity of about oh I don't know mid to late October early November all of our produce anything that we don't have stored away um, all of our produce it, it comes from Mexico <laughs> And it's all trucked up through the states and across the Canadian border. Well, we had a massive trucker strike here because the truckers protested. The ones who didn't take the jab um, were being quarantined for 14 days when they come into the country. You can't run a business like that. You can't come across the border and park your truck for 14 days, sit around, drink Tim Horton's coffee before you can do anything else. So there was a massive trucker strike here. And and it 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 get it garnered global attention. Thank God, which is one of the reasons some of the, so many people have stepped up to the plate globally to you know voice their whatever. But the the problem never got fixed. Nothing's been fixed. And Dan, I mean, you talked about I don't know what you said was it three dollars a gallon or something for fuel, folks. We're paying like eight and nine and ten dollars a gallon in Canada. Like oh, seriously, yeah. okay. So there's. I said all that to say this, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to bring the Walmart thing, and I'm going to be really careful where I go here because I can't divulge where this information came from, and it's not hearsay. It's a manager who I know very, very well. Now, I saw an article. Um, don't quote me on this. Mike Adams might have had it on. Somebody had it on last week that talked about uh, layoffs and a big shakeup coming with Walmart in the U.S., because, again, remember, we have not solved any problems here. There's God knows how many tens of thousands of containers containers still haven't been unloaded, still never made it here. Some got unloaded and never got distributed. It just goes on and on and on. The massive, massive shortage of absolutely everything. I'm talking to store owners, car dealerships, repair departments. I went in. I'm not going to get off on a tangent here. I went in to buy just a plain, everyday metal washer. Just a washer, okay? It's a washer for crying out loud. It's a 25-cent washer. I needed six of them to make a lawn tractor work because they had problems with the wheels on the lawn tractors, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I went to the, this like big dealer. This, this is what they do. They're one of the largest lawn tractor guys in eastern Canada. And I, I get a bunch of parts and everything's fine. And I said, and I need a half a dozen of these. Oh, um, oh, I don't have any of those. I said, it's a washer. He said, yeah, but I don't have any of those. I said, okay, well, when are they coming in? I, I, I don't know. I don't think they are. I said, I can't run the lawn tractor without the washers. It's, it's simple. It's a 25-cent part. He said, I, I don't know what to tell you, and I don't know where to get them. He said, it's a specific thickness of washer, and he said, I, I, I have absolutely no idea. I said, how much other stuff are you running? He said, we're having this kind of problem with everything. We just simply cannot get parts. Now, I'm going to say this as well, okay? If you do the homework and do the research, what you will discover very quickly is that there is a massive shortage of some critical parts that make 18-wheeler trucks run. Simple things that fit in the driveline that wear out, they simply can't get them. Trucks are being laid up everywhere across the U.S. and Canada and probably everywhere else for I know. So I said all that to say this. A, we're coming into the time of year where we can no longer grow our own, grow our own stuff. B, even if we could grow it, you know, we still got to store it somehow. And Dan, I want you to talk a little bit about dehydration because it's super important because we're doing that. And in addition to that, 
because we can't grow it here in about two or three months, all the imports <laughs> that we would normally get for fresh products and stuff, we're not going to be able to access to for a whole bunch of reasons, which now dovetails over to the Walmart conversation because Walmart is starting to run into, folks, this is Walmart is starting to run into shortages of all kinds. So I had reached out to a manager at, who I know very well and said, I'm sure this is just a, a minor little U.S. glitch at a couple of locations. That was about four or five days ago. He got back to me, Shannon, just before we went to airtime, totally unprompted. And he said, there's not a whole lot I can say other than the fact that there's some high-level meetings happening and we have a problem here. So this brings us to potential solutions. And Dan's going to talk about growing your own stuff, dehydration. <clears throat> I will say this, in situations where you can't do any of the above, I'm telling you folks, please, please make a list of high protein dry goods stuff that you can stock in a cupboard in a clothes closet whatever and move 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 make lists and get your stuff because when COVID hit here the first time in atlanta canada i remember walking into the store and you couldn't buy a teaspoon of flour to save your soul everybody's running out buying toilet paper the shelves were virtually stripped of half the stuff we would normally the guy just you know, short distance away was one of the biggest, really good, high-quality uh, meat producers here. They couldn't even get beef. And that was like two years ago we had, when, you know, we had a chance of restoring everything. Folks, I'm telling you, if you do your homework, they're running into problems with beef production. They're running into problems with chicken production. They're running into problems with egg production. Uh, uh, just a, a jug of, like, a pound of butter here, Shannon, is $8.30. Holy cow. For a pound of butter? No, Gentlemen, I'm um, a pound of butter is eight dollars and yeah, it's eight dollars and thirty cents. A, a, a like a, a little quart jug here of whipped cream, seven dollars and thirty five cents. Good grief. Let me this ask the million crazy? dollar question tonight before we go into solutions. Um is this none other than contrived chaos? I mean, I'm hearing that pressure is being put on farmers to stop producing food. Orders are being given to coal crops. I heard America alone has a hundred years worth of oil, but we've capped it at Prudhoe Bay alone. Uh, is this a contrived scam, a squeeze by <clears throat> Klaus Schwab on the World Economic Forum to basically put us all so, to a point where we have yeah, no so solution they, but to yes, bow? Yes, or yes. is this something like a weather change? What is actually going on here? So, Dan, you and I can bounce back and forth on this, but first of all, you hit sure. the nail right on the head. Go go to um, United Nations uh, Agenda 2020, which was updated to Agenda 2030. Do a little digging around. It is there. You can dig for it. And under global sustainability, and I mean, I've told this to people, and they, they look at and We have a term here. They look at it like you just fell off the turnip truck because they think it's just a big conspiracy. Folks, please do some homework. Never mind the conspiracy stuff. Go to the sources and check for yourself. It's right there in black and white. It says that as far as they're concerned, global sustainability requires that they get the population down to a half a billion people. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, it's that number, but it's 500 million people. Okay? That's where they're going with this. And they've been unable to do it through anything else, so now they're just going to shut the food supply off and starve everybody. 
Oh, and one of the and first things to do, because to, somebody somebody figured it out, figured out if you shut off the diesel fuel, the whole thing comes to a halt. And that's basically where we are. It is absolutely contrived. Dan? If I could uh, take us to the Bible and show you a template pattern uh, in the Old yep. Testament, if you all remember, uh, Joseph came before Pharaoh who had had a dream, and he interpreted the dream for him that there was going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. Pharaoh made him number two in command and said, take care of this, do what you have to do. So, so Joseph uh, put everything together, began taxing the people from their, their harvest during the seven plentiful years, they stored food, and then here came the, the famine. And, uh, uh, and so um, when, when the people came, they came to, and they had to buy the food that they had given as in taxation, and they bought the food from Pharaoh, uh, and but we had a seven-year period. I'm not convinced that the whole uh, that the whole country knew that uh, that it was a seven-year deal, um, because if I knew it was seven years, I'd have just moved out of Egypt. I'd just gone somewhere else where, it, where there was no famine, you know. But they all hung on and said, "Okay, well, you know, it's going to be over. Maybe this year. Okay, well, maybe next year." And they hung on and hung on. The deal is, Pharaoh knows how much money you have, and how long the famine needs to be. This was a real famine in Pharaoh's day, but he contrived a deal. He knew that the, that the, the poor, they were out year number one. The middle class, they were out year number three or four. And the wealthy, some of the wealthy, they'd be out in year six. And at the end of this deal, when people ran out of money and said, Oh, Pharaoh, oh, king, we have no more money to buy food. He said, here's the deal. Give me your farmland, and I will feed you until this famine is over. And so he had already taxed the food. He had the food in storage. It was their food. And he, in other words, he was going to use his power to gain the entire farm world and feed them. He knew it was a seven-year deal because of the dream and the interpretation. So at the end of seven years, he owned all the farmland, and the whole Egyptian world became enslaved to him. They were now squatters on his farms, and they sold their farms for food. They were not prepared, and they didn't know. Here we come forward to today. We have in front of us a seven-year man-made famine. These are systems that are intentionally antiquated and weak. Some of them are being broken down. Shannon, you mentioned that uh, you've heard, and I've seen it myself, farmers are being paid not to plant. They're being told, actually, and almost forced, if you plant, you lose all your tax incentives. You know, if you if you be a farmer, you're in deep trouble. Netherlands are shutting down their farms right now for climate control um canada doing the same thing i believe ralph i think that uh, they're making the same decision to knock the farmers out so there's a war on food to bring forth a seven i believe a seven year famine isn't it interesting that klaus schwab and the world economic forum and all those boys the golden boys they are all saying by 2030 you will own nothing and you will be happy i think what they really mean is by 2030, those of you who made it will be happy to be alive. 
though you will own nothing. I think that's what they really mean. And isn't it interesting that we come right to this point as this famine ramps up here, fall, winter of this year, there is between now and 2030 is seven years. These guys are creating a Pharaoh's famine in order to own all the land, all the houses, all the property, to own everything, including owning the people and working their little magic on population reduction and all the things that they want to do. As Ralph pointed out, it's already, it's publicly acknowledged in Agenda 2030, 2020, 2030. So uh, so I believe with all of my heart, the biblical pattern has been set and Pharaoh once again has arisen and Pharaoh is working to confiscate all of the farmland, all of the homes. Think just for a moment in home ownership. I know people right now that are pushing because interest rates are going up and they're trying to get homes very quickly. Like, get your home now before uh, before the rates rise any further. What do you mean get your home? Prices are, are up 100 or 200%. Uh, a $200,000 home is now selling for four or four fifty. What do you mean get your home now? You're buying at the top. So in this current day where maybe you can afford, I guess, a, maybe you can afford a loan for four fifty in a house that's worth two hundred. The reason everything's going up is because the dollar's crashing. It takes more worthless currency to buy the same hard asset. That's why everything's going up. So so people are buying the bubble, they're buying the top. Just imagine a small, not a large, but just a small crash in the economy where significant people lose their jobs and everything ratchets down a notch where everyone's a little poorer. Do you know how many people are gonna lose their homes? To the banks who are not in business to own homes. They're in business to make loans. These banks are going to fold. And when they do, people like BlackRock and other companies are going to come in and buy the banks and the home assets for pennies on the dollar. Who's going to own the land in America, Canada, around the world? Only a few are going to own it. So this, in my opinion, is an absolute man-made setup, uh, uh, paid for by the World Economic Boys and their minions. Gentlemen, um, this has got to be the most important program we could do right now. Folks, we've been warning you for some time that food shortages were coming. Many mocked us. They're crying now because they're seeing that what has been warned about is coming to pass. Um, i got a couple things I want to ask you about. And we may need to extend a few minutes, gentlemen. Don't worry. Um, i got some extra time. Let me ask you this. I was just watching the news last night here in Bali, and I saw some blurb about fertilizer. And there is some goal of the globalists. They want to reduce fertilizer use down to a certain level. They want to get down to zero carbon credit, whatever that means. Um, you need fertilizers to grow crops. And I heard India had stopped exporting fertilizers at some point here recently. I don't know if they've resumed or not. No fertilizer, and you're using these uh, Monsanto seeds, uh, you're in some serious trouble. You're not going to even have crop yield if you're even growing anything at all. Um, it seems like we're being squeezed at all points. 
limit food production, limit fertilizers, limit export to other countries that uh, need this stuff, artificially increasing oil prices when we really don't have a shortage. Uh, total chokehold on us on the economy. You mentioned, okay, housing prices. Yeah, they wouldn't love you to buy at the top of the bubble. And unless you paid cash for it, you're going to get financing. And then when the bottom drops out, you financed a $400,000 home that maybe is worth two hundred. dollars The banks aren't going to give you a refund, are they? They're still expecting you to pay that $400,000 mortgage, right? So what happens? Everybody's losing their homes. You're living in a tent city or in your car in a parking lot at Walmart. This is by design, folks. Could I say this much? Is this correct? Is there actually a transfer of wealth going on from everybody to these globalists? Is this is what they're doing? I mean, if you're paying more, okay, and you're not getting more income, then you're being drained. What you're earning, your savings are being drained. Uh, over here in Bali, we just opened up after a two-year blockade. And now you can come in provided you get the shot. I can't tell you the number of businesses that went bankrupt over here, gentlemen. All the hotels were smashed. In fact, it's still a ghost town in many parts of the city. You go past parts of downtown Kuta here, boarded up, out of business, weeds growing in the parking lot. Some have started to be reopened. But even now with the influx of the tourists that are making it in here, I still don't see the uh, these businesses coming back. They went down for the count, many of them. It got so bad over here that Christians were actually having to sell masks. Just about everybody became a Gojek driver, which is the Indonesian version of Uber. Or they were trying to sell food from their homes. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Two-year stranglehold. And we haven't seen nothing yet. These globalists seem to be committed to bankrupt us all so they can force us into the mandate. I think it's the coming mark of the beast that they want us to sign up for and maybe a new currency. What do you think? Well, and or get the population down to a half a billion. They literally want to kill about seven billion. I mean, they they are virtually out to starve the population. There's nothing else is working. So, and one of the first moves was when they started cutting off all the diesel fuel and the, uh, what's the name of that product that they put in there to make it work? Uh, e something or other, EFTs or something, or not EFTs, but um, so you're you're exactly right on that. And I want to dovetail back to something that Dan said because the scripture came to mind. Because Dan, you were you were quoting some Bible related stuff. Ecclesiastes one nine says that very thing. It said, "There's nothing new in the whole world. Whatever has happened will happen again. Whatever's been done will be done again. There's nothing new on earth." Another translation says, "There's nothing new under the sun." We're seeing this repeat all over again. So, you know, you're exactly correct. And Shannon, the, the, um, the trends and the patterns that you're seeing where you are, and Dan can speak to this, happened in Panama because 60% of the uh, revenue for Panama is tourism-related. And when the lockdown happened, that was it. Everything got shut down. Same thing here. Um, I was working for um, one of the largest communication companies in the country here. I was a trainer um, for like a retail sales trainer throughout Eastern Canada for a ton of their stores. And man, they're closing stores just as fast as you can put the locks on the doors. I just went to another one the other day, went in to get something's gone, just wouldn't disappear overnight. 
So, you know, it, there is a global agenda. There's no question whatsoever. There absolutely is a global agenda. But having said that, um, there are certain things that you can do. And Dan and Shannon, if you're okay, we can yes. kind of go down this path a little bit and then maybe circle back, whatever. But uh, Dan, you've got a really good handle on some options in terms of growing, dehydration, etc. Um, we are personally doing dehydration here at obviously a much smaller scale than you are, Dan. We got well, I took your advice and bought an X-caliber dehydrator, and I'm just dehydrating and, and packaging up everything, get my hands on at the moment. And other than that, oh, I know what I was going to say with regards to the Walmart thing. Um, uh, I periodically, we have something here called a dollar store, which everything's for a dollar. A dollar, two dollars, three dollars. And I think they've probably got them pretty much everywhere. Um, and periodically, I'll go in to buy things like light bulbs or just little knickknacks that I need, minor stuff. And usually, there's shelves full of uh, canned tomatoes, um, canned fish, some dry goods, stuff like that, stripped. Absolutely stripped when I was in there the other day. I actually said to the manager, I said, what's going on here? He said, all of a sudden, nobody can afford to buy stuff at the grocery store. I said, this has become the grocery store. I said, you're kidding me. He said, we weren't prepared for this. He said, we had absolutely no idea that that this was happening. Absolutely no idea that this was happening. So the inventory-wise, I haven't been able to keep up. So even the stores portion in terms of dry goods, canned goods, whatever, whatever, you know, people need to really get serious about this in a hurry. But Dan, with that in mind, give us some oversight into, you know, the, the solutions that you're proposing Kind of, I know you've got uh, access to some grow towers for stuff in the States, folks in the States. Talk a little bit about that because you've got some experience here that really people don't understand what to do. Sure. And uh, something that I might uh, do also, we've received a couple of m- massive mandates that we operate on every day. And I want to I want to send those ma- mandates out to you because these mandates are also for you, whoever you are. Shannon, you mentioned the first time we talked months ago, I uh, revealed the the first mandate that was given to us from the Lord, and that is seize control of food at the root level. We had done food every other way, but we had never grown it ourselves. So we became farmers, and we started the process back in 2011. Um, and so we uh, through that time, we have become very, very professional in a specific line of food growing and processing. And that's the line that you need. That's why we're on this call tonight. I wrote a book called Global Food Revolution that you probably should get. Um, and But it, it talks about four facts and a wild card. And uh, two of those facts that are upon us right now is global population uh, explosion. The population is exploding. And yet the usable farmland is reducing, not rising to meet the population. Take that then, and as what Ralph was saying, you couple that with food reduction on purpose, and you will starve the growing population. So they're knocking the legs out from the food supply chain around the world, and wherever those dominoes fall, that's who's going to suffer the greatest. Typically, that is the third world suffers the greatest, but we're talking about hundreds of millions of people that if they are not reached quickly and educated, they're going to pay the ultimate price 
of their ignorance. And so, and that's what we do. Not only in Panama are we helping the poor here and educating, but we're educating people around the world. And by the way, Ralph, we just heard from Bahamas. The Bahamas group lit up a couple of years ago. We did a global flu revolution conference with them, and they were like, yeah, that was really great. Thanks. And then that hurricane hit them that cat five that stopped and hovered over them for 48 hours and wiped everything out, including all of their farms. And we believe just tens of thousands of their farmers were wiped off the face of the earth, 12 feet underwater. The entire part of that island was gone. And then they stood, stood up and said, you know, I think we need to start growing some of our own food here as we're a 95% import. They are now taking it by storm. They just activated, uh, uh, the churches there are activating a 500 gardeners group um, uh, in each island. And they're, uh, they're all gardening their own and they're bringing in dehydrators to dehydrate what they're gardening. It's crazy what they're doing. And I'm so proud of them because they've taken the initiative well, in the same way, friends, I want to I want to give you some encouragement. Number one, you need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Not just fire insurance, but He needs to be your friend, and you need to be His friend, tucked up under the wings of His safety right now. Because mm-hmm. if you feel alone, He will tell you what to do. He will help you and he will guide you. His word will be a lamp for your feet. You'll have light in front of your path. You'll know where to go and what to do. He'll lead you correctly. But without him, we just say, God bless you and good luck. You're going to need it all, you know, without divine intervention at this time. So make sure your life is right with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very easy. Just invite him into your life to be your Lord. And then it's important also, there's some scriptures out here that really indicate that God is raising people up just like you. Right now, he's raising people up, future leaders. You know the leadership of this world and even many church leaders today. I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't like to talk like this, but many of them are going away. They're going to go away. The old antiquated system, Sunday morning, go to meeting ideas of church and Christianity, it's over. It's done. And if they don't transition into the new wineskin, they're toast. They're history. It's over. No more leadership in their communities. God is raising up new people for a new day and a new time. And that just might be you. So really consider that. I'll give you a couple scriptures a little bit later if we have time here. But as Ralph mentioned, I want to want to tell you what you can do in tough times. And by the way, I'm going to reveal to you the second mandate that we have, and then, and then we'll come into this. The second mandate the Lord gave to us years ago, and that was build an ark of safety to protect your faith, family, finances, and future. That was given directly to us, and we've been on it. We believe the ark is the church of Jesus Christ. We believe the ark is every community needs to have an ark built in it. It's not just, this is not for me and my wife to hide out in the mountains. This is for us to train the world and specifically the believing world. Why? Because when Noah built this ark 
And if you'll go back and look at it, it's the template for today. Just like Pharaoh was the template for today, the ark is the template for you for today. One window, one door, three levels made of a very certain kind of wood and covered in pitch or oil or energy in our day. There's a whole lot of things you and I can learn about this ark so that we can be successful in our communities in protecting the communities with our faith, finances, family, future. So with that being said, in tough times, when the season changes, and of course everyone watched Noah building this crazy looking thing, whatever it was up on a mountain, uh, and they said, what in the world is that? They didn't even know what a boat was. Uh, But then when it began to rain, they realized what the boat was. And when the season changes, when this thing changes, you're going to need an ark. So it's time to build it now, right now. There's no time to waste. And as Ralph was saying, protein rich. When, When times get tough, protein goes away. We see that every day. We feed kids all the time, all around the world, and we feed them here in Panama, and they're in deep trouble. And when when families become, become poor, you go to rice, you go to carbs, fillers, things that don't mean much in your body, but they make you feel full. And so get a hold of protein. I'd also say get a hold, if you've got time right now, get a hold of the things you like. There's nothing worse if a world crisis comes that you got to crack something open that you don't like. Get what you like to eat. And that way, if you never need it, you can still eat it later and you'll be happy about it. But uh, protein is very, very important. We have a chicken program. If you ever go out to globalfoodproviders.com, you see our nonprofit work and our mission. We give chickens away and we give eggs away all the time because a chicken lays eggs for years. And every chicken that we can give away will lay 912 eggs in two and a half years. And so we can give a chicken per family member and they will always have protein. And that's important for 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 health. So get your protein. Don't miss out on that. I might also mention something that uh, you can grow hydroponic, aeroponic, aquaponic. There's all kinds of technologies out there, but we've got one that uh, that we have just put two thumbs up on and all the professionals say you need organic, you need worm tea, you need composting and uh, and you need something that does not require energy or electricity. That is out there. I've got a photo of it out there. You can actually, you can pick one up on our website. Uh, It's called the Garden Grow Tower 2. It's unbelievable what it does. Garden Grow Tower 2, 50 plants in a four square foot area, and it's all with worms, and you put your leftover table scraps in there, and you feed the worms, and the worms feed the plants, and you don't need to buy fertilizer because the worms provide the fertilizer. It's fully sustainable. In a day where almost nothing is really sustainable, this is. You can set that on the balcony of your little apartment, and you can grow enough food for your family. So these are the kinds of things that are important to be thinking about now. Ralph, you're coming into a hard winter, very little sunlight. Uh, there's there's no way to plant anything outside unless you can grow corn in sub-zero weather. I know that's not going to happen. So, so your group, Ralph, you have a whole different set of problems than we have down here in, uh, uh, in Latin America. Someone in middle America, you've got a different set of problems as well. That's why I said... 
Get a hold of Jesus because he will show you. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He's the one that holds your life in his hands. He's the one, he's your provider, and he will provide instructions for you. This thing's coming so fast, so crazy. I could invite you down to one of our seminars, one of our training seminars at our farm and dehydration center, but there's no time for that. And I can't come to you. We don't have time. There's almost 8 billion people that have to be warned and and make preparation for. I'll stop with this in just a minute, turn it back over to whoever wants to take it, but dehydration is very important. There's two kinds of uh, processed foods. One um, is dehydration, where that food is typically good for one to three years, depending on how you dehydrate it and how you package it. But then there's freeze-dried. Freeze-dried is typically good for 25 years. Now, dehydration is not rocket science. It's very easy. It's hot air blowing over the food. It will dehydrate the food, and that's awesome. That's what we do. It's not rocket science. Now, uh, the other is rocket science. When you're talking about freeze-dried, 25-year, uh, we personally do not believe you need 25 years worth of food. You don't need this food 25 years from now. You need it in the next seven years. And as the Ark of Noah had three levels, you have to begin to think in three levels, short-term, medium-term, long-term. That means you need to be thinking right now six months to two years. You need to be thinking three to seven, and then you need to be thinking eight onward, what happens after this mess is over. Three levels, you have to prepare and move forward and take and have authority and take over three levels of time in front of you. So it's not going to be good enough to have six months worth of lettuce growing on your deck. If you run out of food in year two, you are going to have to go hand over the farm for food if there is any for you. So I hope that makes sense. And the best thing you can do uh, as far as preserving food is either get it canned with a good long expiration date on it or start dehydrating what you're growing or what you're bringing in. If you see some fresh produce, grab it, dehydrate it, and you will be light years ahead. This really is part of our future. I'll end with this stat. 40% of all food grown around the world is lost to either something's nicked, damaged, it's not sellable, um, it, it uh, begins to dehydrate itself in the store and they throw it away. But that 40% absolutely can be uh, saved through dehydration. And that's what we do in Panama every day. We're dehydrating foods to give to the poor. We're live with Dr. Daniel Daves, globalfoodproviders.com, and also Ralph Poupart from Canada. Gentlemen, let me ask you uh, a few questions here. Okay, we're sitting at August 13th here, and most of our audience is in America, although we have people listening to other parts of the world, but I'm speaking primarily to uh, the Omega Man listeners out there. You're an American right now. Summer is just about past. We're going into the fall. Uh, brother, most people have no yards at all. And what they do, they're in these uh, covenants. They wouldn't let you do anything with your yard other than cut it, if you, even if you tried. Many are in apartments or condos. They've got nothing but maybe a small patio. 
Um, what do people do who have no access to land or no money to buy land? I'm hearing that you go immediately to step two, which is buy what you can and canned goods and uh, begin to dehydrate food. Is that what I'm hearing from you? What do people do who say I'll tell it's you, too late to grow food? Yeah, so um, let me multi-layer that. Number one, we all need to be givers of food to the poor. That's right. That's right. Because when you give, you receive. That is the law of God. And yes. if you want to see miracles happen, take five loaves and two fish and try to feed 5,000 people with them. And after you have, and there's 12 baskets left over for you and your 11 partners, you will see that the hand of God is very interested in stepping in and helping you to provide not just for you, us for no more, but for your community. God is raising leaders up who have faith and who will step out and do what Jesus said. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. He said it three times on purpose because he's trying to get us not in the hoarding mode, but in the giving mode. Proverbs 11 says, one man hoards and still comes to ruin, but another gives freely and gains even more. So I believe, number one, we, we, we have to really defeat the spirit of fear and step in faith and say, this is our time to start a feeding ministry. And I'll tell you, if, the, if yes. some of these old antiquated churches want to survive, they need to start a feeding ministry yes. is what they what they need to start doing and that will they will absolutely thrive not survive they'll thrive and multiply because god will multiply their food and god will will put them in position to help so stand by we're buffering just for a second okay oh there we are uh, brother daniel can you still hear us hang on a second ralph i still have you yeah, absolutely, sir. Okay, we're getting some buffering on Dr. Daniel's side. Uh, Brother Daniel, make sure you didn't go mute on us. We'll stand by here a second and wait for him. I love what he just said. This isn't survive. We're talking about thrive, folks. And I love this. We give and it shall be given unto us. Absolutely, we need to be blessing others. And you know what? Um, there are many people in America that still have some financial resources. We're not telling you to go up and uh, build a bunker and store up 50 years' supply of food. Put back some of these food supplies. You're going to need them. But by the same token, we need to begin to be thinking about uh, giving and feeding others. And many are in a position that they can do that. Uh, we yeah. lost him. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, Dr. Daniel, I'm going to try to bring him back in. Hold on a second. Take time. Okay, hold on a minute. Let me uh, maneuver back over here. Okay, let's uh, let me just redial him in. And Shannon, I'll just jump in uh, so we yes. don't have dead air and say this: that I, I we have actually witnessed food multiplication in Panama on, on more than one occasion, and it's it's eerie when it happens because you're watching it happen. You're feeding a lot of people, and there's no possible way possible way that what you brought is going to work. And you just start, and you just keep going back in the pot, and it's like nothing changed. It's just, it's still there. It's it's like, it makes the hair stand up in your arms when you're watching it happen. 
So, you know, the the big trick, and I mean, one of the things that, you know, Joyce and I have talked about here, it's not necessarily about us. And just for sake of conversation, supposing we don't need it, supposing miraculously something happens and food just whatever, we're still in a position where we can give it to people who need it. There's Where we live, there's a lot of people on the street here right now, a lot of people on the street. Absolutely. So we're coming into a very, 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 very difficult time of year. Uh, somebody just gave me the other day, I was actually in a mechanic shop, and as I was leaving, the guy said to me, do you know anybody needs like a winter coat? It's just summertime. I said, well, I, why do you ask? And he took me out back, and he got this huge, huge clear plastic bag full of um, the kind of winter wear that you would wear if you were working on an oil rig. And he said, one of my customers was working in the oil industry. He's retired, and he he said he brought all the stuff in and gave it to me and said, you know, if I know anybody who needs it. I said, these things are worth thousands of dollars. He said, yeah, he had them all professionally cleaned and everything. So what, he's just, um, Dan just sent me a WhatsApp note that says he's there trying he to reconnect. Brother Dan, we got you I'm back. Okay. And we're, Folks, and we're glad you are. <laughs> we are live with Dr. Daniel Daves of GlobalFoodProviders.com and Ralph Poopart. Um, we were, you were just talking about this is not survive. It's it's the thrive mentality. Yes, we put the Lord Jesus Christ first. Apart from him, we can't do anything. And if we uh, take him out of the equation, folks, you're only going to make it so far. He can give us some mana drop if necessary. But he also gave us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And he gave us a warning. And a warning to prepare spiritually and in the physical because hard times are coming. Maybe a seven-year famine, folks. It's undeniable. It's it's hitting all of us bit by bit, and it's coming to your city as well. And uh, again, I I stress that it may be a little too late for some of us to even start growing a crop. Let me tell you something. I was thinking about becoming a farmer since our last program, and uh, boy, was I wrong. I thought you could come to Indonesia and live like a king. The land is so expensive here. They sell everything in 100 meter square lots. It's called an era here. Mm. 100 meters square, 30,000, 50,000. If you want to buy an acre of land here, in the city, forget about it, $1.5 million. I went out into the countryside. You know, it's at least 100 grand to get started buying anything. And uh, But there is an opportunity to lease land super cheap. I mean, super cheap. So I thought maybe that would be a long-term goal. And I haven't thrown in the towel on the idea of farming, but back to the Americans who don't have a perennial climate like me or you, Brother Daniel, and uh, they're going into the winter months. Forget about trying to grow some vegetables right now. You're probably <laughs> too late, but they can <clears throat> buy food. Uh, are you saying in addition to canned goods, uh, buy goods and begin to learn how to dehydrate them yourself? Well, I'll tell you what, um, what I would personally do if I was sitting anywhere in United States yes. or Canada or Canada. I would personally... Uh, I would get my 10 or 12 uh, compadres together and I would find someone who's got a two-car garage and we would retrofit that with hydroponics and we would grow enough food for the whole neighborhood in that two-car garage Wow! with, uh, with LED lighting. That's what I'd do. Uh, it's not hard. Uh, it's just you just have to, you know, every Stand by. We've got to drop out there. I got plenty of time, so we'll wait. 
That's great. Appreciate it. Brother Daniel, I don't know if you can still hear us, but we'll wait on him. Um, I'm not sure if he's on Wi-Fi or Ethernet. Wi-Fi has been it's, giving everybody some trouble. Well, it, yeah, this is a, unfortunately, this is a function of where our operation is located there. Well, um, that's that's very true, too. Um, we're just yeah, thankful and, and, to be able to put yeah, this we, together we, tonight. Yeah. Um, well, and that's that's. I mean, we're uh, one of the things that is coming. I think I think that Starlink is about to go live over Panama because oh, they're saying be nice. if you want to get in line now, you can do that. That's Elon Musk's Elon Musk system satellite uh, transmission, and it's it's operational here. It's very reliable. Let's not forget they're putting a squeeze on fuel. They're putting a yep. squeeze on food. They're putting a squeeze on your ability to to transit. In many places, although it looks like some have got a reprieve. By the way, I want to mention I've got Dr. Daniel. Welcome back. And, uh, Sorry about that, guys. Hey, that's okay. No uh, This is actually a good point in the conversation. So you're telling me that even if a person doesn't have land, there is a technology called hydroponics. You mean no physical land necessary? You can actually grow food above the ground? What is hydroponics in a nutshell? That's right. Hydroponics, uh, and then, of course, as we had talked about the Garden Grow Tower, if you do that, uh, I mean, you, could, you can slice bamboo down the middle, put dirt in it, and, and uh, you can grow anything on the side of your house, inside, just get yourself some lighting. So um, uh, hydroponics is the mixture of all of the plant food that your plant needs. No extra, just what it needs. And you mix it in water, and then you you grow the plant in a soilless environment where the water flows down through the roots, usually in pipes of some kind, whether it's PVC or or uh, other types of piping that are available with those systems. And uh, and and the the roots grow like crazy. They bring the nutrients up, and they grow anything: superfoods, kale, Swiss chard, mustard greens, collard greens. Uh, lettuces of all kinds, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, you, whatever you want to grow, you can basically grow it hydroponically. Uh, you just have to get started and, and learn the basics. Um, so that is available. Just uh, all you have to do is Google hydroponics and watch and go to images and look at the, uh, the miracle. And you can do the exact same thing again in your basement. Okay, here's some wild card questions. Now, my information is a little bit outdated. I haven't been to Panama since I left in 2007. Somebody told me that the Chinese were in control of the Panama Canal, so I went down sometime 2005 or 6 to the Panama Canal, took the tour, watched the lock-in operation, and I found one of the employees there, and I just I said so many words, uh, are the Chinese uh, operating the Panama Canal, and he looked at me and said, uh, there is another harbor down the down the way somewhat, and he said that was in control by a Chinese corporation, but Panamanians were running the Panama Canal. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Fifteen years ago, uh, there were 300,000 Chinese in Panama when I lived there. Uh, we know it, of course, has uh, more banks per capita than any other place in the world. It's an amazing metropolitan place. But we're looking at 2022. How does the CCP and Communist China play into this, Dr. Daniel? What are you seeing on the ground? Do you think that there is a plan by China to invade Panama at some point in time? Do they already own the location? What's going on with the Chinese? Can you tell us anything on that? 
So let me jump in, Shannon, if I can. Um, you're gonna. This is I an lost interesting it. thing because it's oh boy. very. <laughs> no, this is very common. Our power has gone out at our location in Panama. Oh boy! Uh, just uh, waiting for electricity to come back on, so I can answer some of this. Um, okay. Because you know I'm in communication like pretty much every day. Um, technically no, but um, I gotta be. There's uh, there's actually something that I can say, but I'm gonna. Uh, live from dance at live from Panama, right? It's the power keeps going out. Um, let's just do it this way. Let me let me give you a let me give you a quick illustration if I can. Just you, you keep my time in check here. We'll see if Dan's power Take comes back up. So, here's a story. Wife and I are going out on a missions run. We're living in Panama. We were there for nine months, and we're in a very very isolated area. Uh, he said, okay, just reading his note here to me. He's transferring to me on WhatsApp. Uh, we're in a very isolated area. We pull into a little uh, kind of a grocery store which sells a little bit of fuel, and they sell tires for your tractor and some rice and beans and some fertilizer and, you know, fan belts, and you you kind of get where I'm going here. Anyway, we we go in, and we're with a like a you know, a pastor who's familiar with where we're going and where we're doing food distribution. We go there to get load up on rice and beans and things, and when we go to check out, it's like it's like the Matrix. There's this nice little Oriental person there who speaks absolutely perfect English, absolutely perfect Spanish, and absolutely perfect Chinese, and it's very apparent that they're probably living there yes. in the location. And I got in the car, and I said to our missionary friend who lives there, I said, I don't understand this. Everywhere I go, it's like a, it's like uh, what was that uh, the the um, Groundhog Day movie? It's like you keep going back into some kind of a time loop. It's the same thing in every one of these stores, no matter where I am. What is the deal on this? And he said, basically, he said a lot of this is owned and operated by the Chinese mafia. I and he said it. they've taken they've taken over the hardware stores, the food distribution, da 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 da. So. A lot of the quiet day-to-day -day infrastructure has an enormous amount of. And I, I, please hear me. I've got I've got Oriental folks in my family. This is not a prejudice thing. Oh, listen, thing. My, Just saying. my nephews are they, Vietnamese. We're, we're yeah, not. Yeah, so, we're not against exactly. the Chinese people. There's 80 no, million CCP, but they enslave a billion Chinese. But what I'm yeah, saying here is, I saw it firsthand. You go into the local markets. Usually they're run by Chinese store owners. It was the same way in Costa Rica to a large part, and that's old information. I'm wondering right. now where we see China getting a foothold in most of Africa. They're making deals with countries across the board. We'll build your harbor for you, your stadium, your roads. We'll give you cheap yep. loans. And they're cutting these deals, and that's part of their official plan. I forget the name of it. Um that they want to have their meat hooks everywhere. Uh, my yep. question then is, Panama, who's in control of the Panama Canal right now? The Panamanians or the that, CCP? I think, I, I th no, I don't think the CCP is. That's that's an opinion. Okay. Uh, I don't think we've quite, I don't think we've gone quite that far. Um, but there definitely is a big concern there. I know for a fact that they bought up a ton of land around the canal. Um and I can also tell you kind of cautiously that the, and this is a related but unrelated, that the um, the president of Panama, there was a very serious concern just a few weeks ago 
that he was going to suspend the Constitution, Uh-oh. which is what happened in Venezuela. Oh, God, have mercy. That, that, that never made it to the news. I can also tell you, uh, and I can't tell you where I got this information, but it is, it's rock solid, that um, the U.S. sent troops in. There was no activity, but they sent troops into Panama City. They were stationed in Panama City to let this guy know, don't even think about doing this. Good. So there's obviously, you know, uh, uh, in, this is a, probably not the correct term to use, but there's obviously, for sake of discussion, a white hat influence of some kind there, because I can't see the current administration down there. Uh, I think Dan might have just logged back in. I can't see the current administration down there doing that. If you know, U.S. administration, you see what I'm saying. So there is a big concern to protect that canal, absolutely for sure at this point. We're live with Dan, Dr. You make Daniel it back? Daves and Ralph Poopart. Dan, are you back with us? Well, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to the next question on the list. Bitcoin and crypto. Uh, I've been following it since 2016, since I saw an alert by John McAfee. By the way, we had him on this show. It was one time only. He's now dead, but that's another story. Shannon that time. My question to you is this. What can you tell the community out there about crypto and Bitcoin? Is it too late to get in? Could this be a saving grace? What's your thoughts on crypto as the globalists are putting a squeeze on everything? And you just and um, I'll say this, you you just asked the right guy because Dan does know this. Go for it, Dan. Well, um, interesting you say that. I, I do trade many different markets and have for 21 years now. And uh, we have a very technical, high success system in place that uh, that we use every day, where we uh, we train people to you know to learn how to see what's really happening and where the big fish are going, and then we go we go with them. And um, so the reason I said that is that uh, we follow what the big guys are doing. And our system is very safe, but it's very accurate, 78 to 90% accurate in all trades. However, when, when we're tracking Bitcoin and we do training meetings twice a week and we jump right in the middle of Bitcoin and the S&P and all, these, all the currencies, but, um, but uh, all I can say is this, if, if you're a Bitcoin or a crypto person, I want you to go out and look at the chart called Luna. L-U-N-A. Luna was as high as $115, but about 109 we got a signal if, the, if you were in it. I was not in Luna. But Luna was one of these altcoins, and there's thousands of them out there. And Luna gave us a signal and said, get out, run for your life. And while and we got out, uh, and any of my students that were in it got out at 109 it proceeded in the in the uh, future days to go to zero it fell from $109 to zero if you look at the chart it's shocking and uh, every week I remind my students I said let's go to Luna don't ever forget this chart because anything can go to zero the S&P can go to zero Bitcoin can go to zero and if it does you need to have a a safety net a fail scape or you know an escape you need to know when to get out and, and don't get in again until it's safe to come back in the water. So I don't know the long term for 
um, uh, for Bitcoin long, long term. I do know there's a high probability of it going and breaking another low in the future. Right now, though, as of right now, and we've been trading over the last three weeks, we have been trading up because our system says up for this time period. So we've been trading up and many of our students got in at uh, I think 18.8, 19.8 and right now we're up 24,000 and something and it could just keep on going. We don't know how far, but it's, uh, it's in a hyper-fueled state right now, ready to go. If it signals that it's done, we're out. And um, of course we got out at 64,000 up at the top. Yes. And we were never allowed back in again until 18.8, So um, all I can say is if, if you're really gonna put substantial money into crypto or into the stock market or anything else, these markets are owned and operated by sharks, whales, and predators. And they invite you to come in the water, but if you don't know who they are, where they hide, and how they act, I really would just say, run for your life. Don't just throw the money in hoping for the best. Uh, I, uh, we know of one multimillionaire by, um, by inheritance. He was in Luna. And oh when Luna dropped from 109, he had, I think it was, I think he had $6 million oh, in wow. Luna. And, it, and from 109, when it dropped all the way down to 40, he said, guys, I'm going all in. He put his last $13 million in because it's a sure thing. It's going to bounce and we're going to make money. And it went to zero. Oh, and he's wow. now penniless. Okay. So, so those are the nightmares you never want to hear about. But um, just before you do anything significant, learn the market, who really runs it, and how they operate. If you do that, you can ride with them. You can be a predator along with them rather than being the bait. Gentlemen. So uh, that's what I would just say. Is just get education. Put, put your money first into yourself. Get educated. Once you're educated... You're good to go. Good to go, and you're protected. Stick with Dan. Me. Let me because. let me do this real quick, if I can. This I'm going to interject this just while you got the chance, because we didn't expect to have this conversation. Are you able to take students if anybody wants yes. training? Do you are you still able to do that? Well, um, I do. I, I, I keep my student load very low. So uh, we do a one year program where they learn everything I know everything and it only takes three months unless they're real slow and then they got the whole year to do it but uh, yeah mm -hmm. I I can take a couple students um, but I, I don't you know not interested in a lot of students because we're after quality not quantity how would they how make do contact that? with you sorry they Shannon, wanted you're to... probably asking yes. Shannon you and I are probably asking the exact same question absolutely <laughs> for people interested yeah. Yeah. Uh, how would they make contact you about getting into the program well, you can see my shining face in everything that we do if you go out to GiantTracker.com. That's our website uh, where we we call trades and uh, we you know we train technically pure tra technical trading system with uh, absolute percentage success. And there's no fundamentals uh, at, at all. There's two kinds of traders: fundamentalists and and technicals. We are absolutely technical. The okay. fundamentalist will tell you Bitcoin is worth a million dollars, and I say to that fundamentalist, I have one I want to sell you right now. 
for a million dollars. GiantTracker.com. Gentlemen, stick with me five more minutes. Uh, Two specific questions about crypto. Uh, Do you use or recommend the Lightning Network to verify your own transactions? And number two question is Canada makes a pretty cool Bitcoin wallet. It's a hardware wallet called Cold Card. Have you heard about it? And do you recommend it? Because that's the biggest thing. If you don't have your keys, it's not your Bitcoin. And keeping it on an exchange, I think, can be risky. But where do people safely store, let's say they just want to do Bitcoin? Uh, what would be your number one or number two pick? Give us a couple options. Shannon, I think you've probably got the goods on that. We trade it, but we don't. We are not professionals on you know best networks, best... Um, uh, all of that. I, I would really de- uh, default back to you myself on that. Okay. Um, now, let's go to uh, contact information. Uh, gentlemen, how do people reach you and how can they be a part of uh, Global Food Producers and um, not only get trained up and inform themselves, but as you mentioned, crucial here is that we do not forget the poor. We do not forget others. And I know the word of God is not a liar. And God says, he who gives to the poor has lent to God and I shall repay. I think that's one of the best investments we can get involved in. Helping feed others and help the poor. And God will remember us in times of famine. We won't go hungry. I really believe that. Are you still offering this program where people can supply a family with a chicken? We sure are, absolutely. So if you go to globalfoodproviders.com, globalfoodproviders.com, you can see the ch- our chicken program. Um, we also are now, uh, we're, we're working a bunny rabbit program, which is unbelievable. Um, our farm is secretly sustainable 100% through, we grow our own uh, plant foods um, and our, our own plant fertilizers and we use rabbit tea and that's we feed the rabbits the best diet they could ever have of kale and Swiss chard and all the superfoods and then they poop and we take that poop and turn it into plant food which is total sustainable and the, the plants love it. It actually grows the soil. The earthworms come. Everything lives wow. under this environment. And we no longer need commercial fertilizer. So we don't care if it's four or 500% higher. I do have people that say, would you sell me a rabbit if I wanted to eat one? And I say, number one, no way. Just go eat a chicken because these rabbits are worth $100 a piece. And once the world realizes how they need to create their own fertilizer. There won't be a rabbit available in any pet store anywhere in the world. Wow. So um, we're putting rabbits. uh, Right now we have 28 rabbits that run an acre and a half greenhouse. 28 rabbits. That's all. And they run the entire thing. It's truly sustainable. But we're ramping up. Our goal is to, uh, we're getting people to, and we're all nonprofit, but we're getting people to sponsor the rabbits. And uh, and then we're going to build a 200-plus rabbit sanctuary where we can provide plant food for communities around our farm. So uh, so chickens are huge and eggs and, for, and, and uh, protein. The rabbit program is amazing. Or just a you know a five dollar ten dollar donation if you want to make it monthly it makes a huge difference. We 
can take a dollar and stretch it further than anyone else can. So that's the globalfoodproviders.com. Well, I'll tell you something, folks. You hear me right here and live, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Saturday, August 13th, 2022. I'm pledging right now to be a supporter of Global Food Providers. I want to help make a difference. How many of you will join with me? And if you will, go to globalfoodproviders.com. Sponsor family for a chicken. Give more uh, to the general funds. Uh, Dr. Daniel Davies knows how to put it to good use. And uh, I am correct. You need help out there, Brother Daniel, right? Oh, we sure do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's more mouths to feed and more people to reach, more leaders and communities to train now than ever. And time is critical. This is exciting. Also, check out GiantTracker.com. Brother Ralph, how can people make contact with you? Just uh, send an email through to Global Food Providers, and I'll get it. Okay, I want you all to pray. Info, info at globalfoodproviders.com. I want you to close in prayer in just a minute, but i got to ask you this wild card question, Ralph. We've got a friend, Sheila Zelensky, tried to get back to America two weeks ago. She got to the border of America, and she said, they wouldn't let me through without the vax. I said, Canada wouldn't? She said, no, it wasn't Canada, it was America. They asked me, did I have the vax? And I said, no. They said, we're not letting you come to the border. What the heck is going on there? Uh, I didn't know that uh, America was stopping Canadians from coming through. I thought it was just uh, the dictator you have over there. But uh, what's going on at the border? So, first of all, I've spoken to Sheila. I know exactly what you're talking about. We have several friends who've had the exact same thing happen. Uh, If you're Canadian and you go to the border, uh, we just had two friends just turned down here last week. If you're Canadian and you go to the U.S. border and you don't have your vaccination proof card, that's it. Can't go through, can't go to the states. Dan and I've talked this all kinds of times. If in order for us to get down to where he is, we have to somehow stick handle around the U.S. I have no idea why that's happening, but you're absolutely correct. If you're a Canadian citizen, you want into the U.S., you either show proof of vaccination or you can't get in. What's happening in your part of the woods, Daniel? Down in Central America, are they? still requiring a vax to get in or can you freely move right now what's going on no uh, our our uh, area has really backpedaled and realized um hey there's um, if there is an infection it's just like the flu so they've backed down this entire thing there are no requirements uh to get in other than you just need to show an antigen or pcr test that could be uh easing as well in the next month or two but right now you just show a, an antigen test um, you know that has been taken in the last 48 hours and you're in the country good good to go that's uh, that's all there is and, and the CDC yeah. Shannon just revised everything yesterday they've just oh. backed down on everything as of yesterday well I hope Indonesia gets that word because officially you can't come in without two shots however yeah, we'll an American that. friend said not so I said what do you mean he said I just went to Thailand and back I said, we've been locked down for two years. Uh, officially, you got to have the shots to get in. He said, not at the border. So I don't know what to believe here as Indonesia goes. He said, you get in and they're just waving you through with the exception of they do want you to have that PCR test. And if no shot, they will quarantine you in your home for three days, but at your home, but no shot. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking yeah. the shot, so we've been trapped, like on Gilligan's yeah. Island. So I don't know whether to test the border <laughs> system or not. I'm afraid... Uh, it just may be someone uh, not obeying the rules over here, and you try to come in on a different day, and they block you. So, oh, my yeah. goodness, this is just madness. 
Gentlemen, I want to thank yeah. you for coming on tonight. Um, we got to get you gentlemen on every month. We got to get some updates because I'm not hearing anything on Panama. I knew sure. it was happening, but there's a like a, a news blackout. At least as far as I'm concerned, we need reports from the ground. And so I really thank you for this information. That very valuable, gentlemen. Would you like to close us in prayer and thank you for going overtime with me? And and Dan, let me just uh, before we, I'm going to get you to close in prayer because I, I was making some notes here. Was it was it GiantTracker.com? I, I missed that. For the trading yes. program, yeah. giant giant track tracker. Okay, mm. giant, okay, perfect. Yeah, I just want to be sure. So, Dan, are you okay to close the prayer? Would you mind? I sure. And can, hey, Shannon, thanks, Shannon, thanks for this. For on behalf of both of us, so great to hear your voice. We lost contact with you for a couple of months. I was getting really concerned. <laughs> oh, we, we were almost down for the count. Uh, super yeah. flu over here. Um, uh, you know, just the depression of being locked down for two years. Uh, we were almost down for the count. I was going to back down to three days a week. But I tell you what, God revived me. And now we are putting the pedal to the metal seven days a week. We're doing live wow. shows. And we're back with a passion. So wow. thank you, gentlemen, for your patience with me because I was in a blackout mode for a while. But we're back. Wow. So, Dan, why don't you pray and close in this prayer over Shannon as well? Thank you. I sure will. And uh, I would like to declare over every listener in this program, Isaiah chapter 60, starting in verse 1. Because indeed, there are dark times here, but, and it's a great big but. And it says this, arise, shine, for your light has broken through. The eternal one's brilliance has dawned upon you. See, truly, look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth and people all over are cloaked in darkness. But God will rise and will shine on you. The eternal's bright glory will shine on you, a light for all to see. And the nations, north and south, peoples, east and west, will be drawn to your light. This is a brand new day, friends, and those of you who will accept the call, I think of uh, the old Mission Impossible. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to feed the poor. The disciples told Jesus, send these 5,000 away. It's getting late at night. They need to get home and go, go to the store and get something to eat. They're all hungry. And Jesus looked at them and said, you feed them. He was going to show them how heaven will interact with disciples who, uh, who are willing to take the mission and feed the poor. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for speaking to every person under the sound of our voice. Thank you for making the call very, very clear in their lives and for giving them divine instructions on how to build their ark of safety, how to seize control of food at the root level. And we pray for Shannon, his family, his entire team, everyone that he's associated with. And we thank you, first of all, for wings of protection, your mighty Psalm 91 protection over their lives and over everything that they're doing, Lord. Keep them hidden in the secret place of the Most High. And we thank you for healing and deliverance and, and salvation in every form upon their lives. Meet their needs. In a, they're in a nation that's locked down. 
Meet their needs according to your riches and glory, not by any riches of any country, but by yours in glory in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for setting them up for this brand new day to lead the way. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Gentlemen, before you jump, I wanted to tell you, Ralph, expect a phone call from Dr. Jonathan Hansen of World Ministries International. I told okay. him you got to get Ralph and Dr. Daniel Daves on the program to tell you and your listeners what they just told us here tonight. And uh, he's going to okay. reach out to you, Ralph. And uh, if you and uh, Brother Daniel would like to accept an invitation, he's my good friend of 20 years. Get on his radio program and uh, please tell them what you told us here tonight. Uh, we need to get this message out. In fact, I'm going to contact everybody I know who's in Internet Radio and try to get you all two booked. And um, I'll route it through you, Ralph. And please also see if you and Brother Daniel can get back on in September. Pick a date. I'll be there for you. Okay, sir. God bless Shannon, you both. Thanks for this. And uh, you and I'll talk offline as well. Sounds good. Thank you, gentlemen. God richly bless both of you. God bless you. I dropped your call there, my friend. Thank you. Okay, folks, let me save this. We're going to continue the marathon. We'll be right back. <laughs> 